It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Hello, everybody. It is episode number 120 of the Go Birds podcast. And oh, it's not official. And now it is. Now it is. Thank you, Liquid Death, as always, for providing us with the the wonderful mountain fresh water from the mountains of Austria. As uh, it, it is, is very a, good. I mean, like I've yeah. said, water is my favorite beverage. Mm-hmm. And there is something cool about drinking out of a can. Not going to lie. It is. It's a very punk rock can. Uh, again, liquiddeath.com slash Go Birds. $2 off your first case or. Simply sell your soul, liquiddeath.com. They'll give you a free case, and uh, we'll be talking about them a little later on. Elliot Shore Parks, how you feeling, buddy? You know, this is my first time seeing you without the beard. To everybody out there that hasn't seen, you are a freshly shaven man. Yep. And yep. It I looks did it. good. Looks good. I got some questions. Uh, it hit me. What, 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 what made you decide to do this? So, uh, one, it was after an Iowa loss. Uh, against there Michigan, and one of the worst football games I've ever seen in my life, just in general, not just from an Iowa side. Um, I had been looking at old pictures with my girlfriend, and I just was going through, uh, you know, when I was in Los Angeles and a couple other things. I go, you know, it's not. It wasn't a bad look. I grew it's not. The, I grew the beard ten years ago on a whim, and I loved it because I was able to grow one. And you always kind of want to grow up, right? A little bit, be a little more distinguished. But it's also like the beard was man makeup because clearly. I have a baby face. You do. And, I didn't expect that either. Yeah. yeah. And, I've had a baby face my whole life, so it's like, yeah. that's just who I am. So now when people look at me and I get fired up, they'll probably go like, who's this nerd as opposed <laughs> to like, I this grizzly bearded Welcome man. Welcome to my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels good. You know, I, I already I already nicked myself though. I've, I got to get used to shaving it again. So seeing yeah. you clean shave has made me realize, I don't think I've ever shaven my face with a razor and shaving cream that I purchased myself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I have. Why does that not surprise me at all? Like sometimes I'll sh- I have like an electric razor that I'll use yeah. and like it doesn't really do much, honestly. Like it does shave it close. Yeah, it but gets it down. I, yeah. But I, I don't think I've, whenever I shave now, like my neck, I'll just use my girlfriend's shaving lotion and her razor. Oh, you want, because it, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's made for. Soft skin. Soft skin. That's right. Exactly right. I don't know th- and I, I have the, the same problem and you're trying to look all macho with these like Mach 3 razors. Yeah, who which are we kidding is here? What I have, but then I have to lather it up with like. The uh, the the lotion stuff that they make for men. I can't remember the brand I use, but it's well. You know. If they're not paying to be on the pod, I don't care what the, 
I don't care yeah, what so the name is. Yeah, yeah no, unless it's liquid death lotion, I don't care. It is different though. It feels weird when you wake up in the morning and there's nothing there. But yeah, I like it. I, I hopefully I like this direction much as you know we're we're basically going to talk about how we're feeling just in general. It's an emotional about this. episode of the pod. It is. It is. You know things are moving along and uh, you. Uh, I, I here's. I, I feel okay about the stretch, and certainly on Thursday, uh, which, by the way, will finally be in your hometown in Westchester, Westchester hanging yeah. out at uh, Ramshead. The Ramshead was that like that's like the big meeting place there. No, but I would say it's like one of the more popular dive bars. Like Westchester nice. is kind of a college town in a way. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I guess maybe since I'm 31, I live there. I don't want to think of it as a college town. But um, shout out to all the people uh, that live in New Brunswick too, and don't you know yeah, go to college there exactly. as well. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, no, it's a cool spot. I'm excited. I think some of my friends are going to come out. At least my real friends. Will yeah, be. yeah, yeah. We'll so if you want to make fun of Elliot and Elliot's friends, uh, that's yeah, where we'll be at. That's where we'll be on Thursday, and yeah. you can see your shaven face. That's right, seven o'clock, and we'll really break down the Vikings game because this is. This is really an important one. Overall, I'll just say this. Like, I know that Doug and, and Xavier Rhodes in his head, like, or his uh, phrasings is still in my head of, like, they schemed the shit out of us. Yeah. I think he has his number against them. I really do. Uh, and, and as good as that defense is, like, I feel pretty good about this game moving forward. Uh, I'll let you know on Thursday how I really feel because yeah. I'm, I'm still kind of deciding back and forth here. But I feel good uh, w- with that matchup alone, not just like one by one by one by one. You so know? I watched the Vikings game against the Giants, and my two main takeaways were first was going from the Jets to the Vikings is like going from playing a high school team to an NFL team. Yeah, I mean, like the difference like of just seeing Dalvin Cook, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins, like they're just a way better team. So it's going to be a tough game. That being said, I thought they looked pretty beatable. Like, if you shut down Dalvin Cook, which I think the Eagles are going to be able to do. Now, Dalvin Cook is a special player. Like, yes. it, he's better than Le'Veon Bell, in, in my opinion. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah, so I think it's going to be tougher to bring him down. Well, uh, actually, it has a, has a chance to. You know, like, after, I mean, certainly. Well, if I had to pick one of the two, I would pick Dalvin Cook right, right now. I wasn't impressed with Le'Veon Bell against the Jets, I, I, or when they played well, the Jets. Well, he's not, yeah, I mean. It's a bad spot, <laughs> I agree, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I just, I wasn't overly impressed. And I was beating the drum to bring him here, so this Same. isn't, yeah. I'm not like an, an old Le'Veon Bell anti-take, but I just didn't think he looked great. But regardless, I think that the Vikings are still beatable. My biggest concern, and this is where I'm at with the Eagles right now, is that Vikings defense is really good, and even though the Eagles are 2-0 and in their last two games, I don't feel like they're playing winning football, and I don't think the way they're winning is sustainable. So I have concerns about the offense going into Minnesota. Yeah, so do I. And the the thing I keep going back to is, you know, and everybody's saying it, and they're right. I mean, Deshaun has literally changed the offense like that, mm-hmm. and it's something you didn't really expect to start the season. The, the problem I have is they really haven't adjusted to it that much, and they're not making it. I feel as though Doug, and this is a weird thing to say, but I don't think Doug is making it easier for Carson Wentz. No, and I don't think Carson is making it easier on himself either. So those two things are kind of coming to a head. Like you have to figure out a situation where you know that they are going to take away Zacherts. They're going to bracket him. You have to get Dallas Goddard more involved. I feel like a broken record at this point in doing that, but you have to. That's where I would start. And then you have to figure out the next guy that uh, that Carson has confidence in, and I'm not sure who that is. At this point, you know, if you don't feel comfortable playing J.J., fine, but where's Greg Ward? Where is somebody that you can throw a football to, Carson's going to feel good about it, and then keep coming back to you when he's going through his progressions? Like, that is, to me, is the biggest thing, and 
we're not there at practice every day. We don't know what goes on, but something's got to change. And it's really weird that between both second round picks right now, people feel as like you have to go away from them. You got to go away from JJ. You got to go away from Miles. Feed Jordan Howard the ball more and all this. And I'm just going... You can't do that. So I, I do want to. I do want to get into the Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard thing because yeah. I think we're on the same page. But to to stick with the passing game, like I get that people are sometimes not okay with criticizing Doug and Carson, but let's just look at the facts. Yeah. This team is twenty first in the league right now in passing yards. Carson has had a below sixty percent completion percentage in four straight games. He's never done that in his career. Adjusted, it's different though with the drops. Okay, so, but it yeah. is right. It, okay, I'm just throwing. I'm just making. I'm just. It you is. Can take just, care of that for what it's worth. Yeah, I'm but just no, no, you're right. True. But yeah. I'm saying just when you look in his Pro Football Reference page and you look at his completion percentage per game, he's never gone four games in a row under sixty percent. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a number where it doesn't really make sense. Like when you watch him, his accuracy is not good and. You know, a certain section of the internet loves to mock my training camp stats, but he had his lowest completion percentage in training camp this year of all four years I've tracked him. Yeah. He's looked exactly like the player he was in training camp. And I don't think accuracy has been a huge issue, though. I, Just I for, do. Yeah. I think there's four or five throws a game that he misses that don't ultimately end up costing them. But four or five throws, you're like, yeah, like that wasn't good. Like Even just like yeah. a quick out to Miles Sanders' first throw against the Lions was like two yards behind him and towards the ground. Like, the third yeah. down to Alshon against the Packers, I know there was talk about maybe Alshon didn't run the right route, but when you looked at it, it was didn't look good. So I do think I do think accuracy been has been a bit of an issue from Carson. But what I think the larger issue is, and you touched on it, was I think right now he only really has confidence in Ertz and Alshon. And as good as those two players are, their strength is not separation. So when you're throwing to them 20 times a game, it, they're almost all going to be 50-50 type balls, and it's hard to complete a lot of passes. Yep. Whereas Deshaun... He's excellent at creating separation. So if he was here, he eliminates would, tighter windows. Exactly which, right. Which so Carson you're not, is also leads the league in, I believe. Yeah. Right, and I think that's a Doug thing too. I th- I saw a stat online about that he's throwing into the tightest windows in the league, and that was two weeks ago. So maybe yep. it's changed, but that's on Doug too. Like when I watched the Vikings game against the Giants. They rolled Cousins out a lot. Like, not like he had to avoid pressure and rolled out. Like, the design play was for him to get to the side. And I think that Doug's play calling has not been as, like, exciting as I would hope. It's basically just Carson drops back. And I think Carson's holding on to the ball just a tick too long. And it's because Ertz and Alshon create, yep. can't create separation. So there's a lot of different factors going on here. But ultimately, I think it's on Doug and Carson to turn this around because Doug's the offensive coordinator, basically, yep. and Carson's a quarterback. So you can't say the passing game doesn't look good without saying that these two need to be better. I'm also uh, ready to make an official ruling after watching the Colts and Chiefs. Let's hear it. Frank Reich is absolutely one of the biggest brains in the operation for 2017. Oh, absolutely. And they missed that. And it's yeah. official now. Like, I think between him and John Filippo, we can't ignore that anymore. It's not that it's not to discredit Doug either because he really does. I mean, he just called one of the best games of his career in Green Bay. In Green Bay. So I'm amazing. not saying that it's not possible, but in the lead up to a lot of these things and and, and there needs to and I'm not I, I, I again, we don't really know the relationship between him and Mike Groh. I think it's really unfair to just kind of pile up and say Mike Groh sucks. We don't know. We don't know what's going on. I don't on. think Press you can Taylor, judge Mike Groh at all. It's really hard 
to figure that out a lot of the times. And Mike Groh's not as you know forthcoming with information as Frank and Doug were. I mean, they right. just told it like it was, and everybody goes, "Oh, okay, this is what happens." The same with John DeFilippo when you you were able to kind of get a hold of him here. But the the one thing we can clearly tell is Mike Groh and Press Taylor are not as good as some of the, and they were the best coordinators in the league well, coming that, into that, it. That's so my it's thing. hard, you that, know. That's my thing with Frank Reich, like. I look, Belichick's not in the discussion because yeah, just with Patriots, not right. Patriots are out. But there's even though a, we keep comparing, there, it. <laughs> there's an argument to be made that Frank Reich is the best head coach in the league, other than Belichick, I, I wouldn't right? disagree. So yeah. he was clearly extremely overqualified to be offensive coordinator. Yes. Now at the time he wasn't because he had just, I think he was fired in San Diego, if I remember correctly. Yep. But he wasn't viewed in this light. So and who did they replace in San Diego? Fucking Ken Wisenhunt. Yeah, my God, is he terrible? They'll never have an offensive coordinator as good as Frank Reich. No, nope. not going to happen. So. I think the Mike, like when I'm talking about why the offense is struggling, people love to point to Mike Rowe. Like Mike Rowe is fifth or sixth on the list. And I actually think- Probably put him even lower than that. Even lower, right. And I actually think like everyone talks about Doug's relationship with with Mike Rowe. Maybe he doesn't trust Frank Reich as much. I wonder how much of it is Carson too. Like how much he just really trusted Filippo and Reich. And now the people that are in there, maybe he doesn't feel as comfortable with. But regardless, something is wrong with the offense. And- one thing I know me and you me and you agree on is you have to throw the ball to win in this league. Yes. Like, that is how you win. So, look, is it great that they ran the ball to victory against Green Bay? Yes. And I think Carson played better than the 160 yards showed. But they're not going to win. They're not going to be a team with a winning record if Carson is throwing for under 200 yards each week. They're just not. And you're going to face three teams in a row, which... You know, I, I think the the Vikings are good against stopping the run. I still think you can kind of run on them. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't lead with that. Uh, but again, you know, Dallas has shown that it's been pretty staunch when it comes to that, too, even though I'm saying that as Aaron Jones as, yeah, completely ripped all over him apart. Yeah. So watch that tape over and over again and figure out what they were doing there. But um, it's, it is it is very athletic uh, defense. And then the Bills, that's basically how they've been winning football games. And granted, the Bills have not faced a really good offense either. So I don't know how much that's skewed, but it doesn't matter because all these are on the road and you kind of lose – some of that advantage of feeling comfortable and being at home. And you know, can I just say this? Fucking, fucking Phillies. Like, God damn it. You screwed this whole thing up. We would have accepted everything if you were in the playoffs right now. But Can I spin zone that? Yeah, please. It is nice that this team has like five <laughs> of their last six games at home when they're really going to need right, it. Like right. having three yeah. on the road does suck right now. But I kind of feel like they've, and look, if they lose all three on the road, I'll feel differently. But yeah. I feel like they've avoided an early season collapse where like the yes. season's already over. So even if they go 0 and 3 on the road and they come back at 3 and 5, I guess it would be, like they should be able to still win 9 games. Now I yeah. don't know if that'll get you in and before this season I felt this way and I still do. The Eagles season is going to come down to the two games against Dallas. Like that's it. If they yeah. if they beat Dallas twice, they'll win the division. If they don't, then they're not going to and maybe they're not a playoff team. So it's still going to be that, but I think in this three game road road trip like and I wish James was here because I could debate this with him. But <laughs> look, like this whole preseason bullshit excuse is over. Like the the excuses are over for this team. These next three games are going to show us who they. That's are. exactly what I said. That's exactly what I said. Sorry, is that? I don't know. Yeah, that does sound like James. You're right. Yeah, yeah. At first, I was like, "Wow, what is this impression?" And then I was like, "Yep, it's James." Yeah. Um, but no, like, Love you, buddy. The, the excuses are over. Like we are going to see who this team over, this team is over the next year games. If they really have the best roster in the NFL, like everyone said, if Carson's really an MVP candidate. All these things. They don't have to win all three games, but they have to go two and one, and they have to look respectable in all. Of them. And this is the road trip where, you know, in Green Bay, yes, we, I, I I demanded that you manage the game. 
and just you know put it in the hands of your playmakers. Take take the take the checkdowns. Do all that. Not anymore. Like this is this is this is now where you turn the switch, Carson. This yes. is this is the point where you go. This is my team. This is everything that I've been saying about being an MVP candidate. And I understand the numbers. And he's been playing great. Like, okay, it, it, so I disagree. I don't think he's been playing great. I'm just saying by by how people are judging him and going into context. Yes. It, 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 he has been playing really, really good. Uh, there are flaws in his game. Not not taking that out of the way. The accuracy things, yeah, that those are there. But overall, I don't think it's crushing the offense because of that. And you even mentioned that too. Yeah. What I need Carson to do now is is turn into that guy, lead that team, have you know three to four hundred yard passing games, and go able to finally you know have one of these fourth quarter comebacks because you're probably going to have to do that in one of these games. You but but again the biggest thing, and this is still not solved yet, and we're just completely ignoring it outside of the you know the the, the opening drive against the Jets. This team has not started well right. in every single week that they've been a part of this. So I mean you can make an argument for Green Bay and, and say that they, you know. Although, but, even, I feel like early on, if I remember correctly, like the mood on Twitter was like, this game's over. Like, oh, I, yeah. I, right? I don't remember what the exact score was, but I remember just like the vibe on Twitter was like, oh, shit. Well, it was, yeah, it was 10, I mean, it was 10 nothing, yeah. and, they, and then all of a sudden it turned around like, oh, God, yeah. Oh, oh, in that sense, sorry, right. I, I flipped it for you. Yeah, but they were but, winning at halftime in right. that game, if I remember correctly. Yes, but this team needs to start, and they need those first 15 to 20 plays and whatever they're running, they all need to start clicking. And that's yeah. not just on Carson. That's on Doug, too. And it's specifically more on Doug in the, in the, in the game planning leading up to it. But they absolutely have to start fast in all three of these and, games and that they're going to lose. That's the thing about the Packers win. I remember us talking on the pod prior to that game, and I was saying, like, how many games has Carson won, Carson and Doug, won where you say, man, they really shouldn't have won that game, but they did? And the Packers game was one of them because the further we get away from that, Carson played really well, and my eye test at the time told me he played really well, and I still feel that way. But they kept the Packers out of the end zone on like seven straight plays inside the five-yard line. They ran the ball a lot. So like part of me, now that I'm removed from it, I'm like, man, I can't believe they won that game. But they did, right? But my overall point is when you look at how this team has just played, you don't look at the stats, you just watch them. They have not been overly impressive this year. And that's why I think these next three games are really going to show us who they are. Like, and I kind of agree with you. When I look at each game, I almost think I'll pick them to win each game. But then when I look at the three game stretch, I don't feel great about it. Yeah, and that's that's yeah, and that's why it's going to be like week per week because I'm in your mode now of like, okay, now you've got to show me. Yeah, now you really this is it. This is like where the the season starts to begin. This is you know uh, again playoff teams that you're probably going to face. I know that the I mean the Bills are in a mortal lock to make the playoffs just based on their schedule who they they get yeah, to they, face they, the they Dolphins have the, twice the Redskins like, that you yeah. can lock them into the fifth or sixth spot right now like it's, it's I think they're almost pretty good. impossible I think um, they're pretty good I uh yeah and again it's on the road and Bills fans are crazy they're going to make it very hard on you yeah. to do well and there's not been a great history of going to Buffalo anyway with this franchise AFC team one o'clock <laughs> yeah. it just feels, <laughs> feels like a loss yeah, <laughs> yeah. But who knows um and and then, and let's not forget, like even coming home, then you face another gauntlet there too. So you right. can't really, you got to pick it. Two out of three would make everybody happy. Three out of three, everyone's going ecstatic. Right. Uh, one out of two is going to create panic, you know? Well, and, and, I mean, if they win all three games, like, I mean, 
look, then that's the start everything of the, changes of the, of the in the road. NFL yeah. each week. So right. everyone that's down on the team now, like if they win three straight games, you're still correct yeah. now. But if they win three straight games, I mean, they might win eleven or twelve games, especially because you'll be you would have beat Dallas. Right. So that's that's huge. But you're right. If we're looking big picture, everyone focuses on the three away games. The three home home games are also very difficult. Like me and you agree, Chicago is not that good, but right. not not super easy. I mean, no, the defense is really good again. <laughs> yeah, if, and if then we're Seattle talking about New England like, offensive problems, you're facing a lot of good defenses over the next six weeks that you're the next six games. I guess you yes. should say New England's one of the best in the league. Seattle's always been Seattle. We know what Chicago's about. The Bills are that way. The Vikings are are, are lighter versions of that. Uh, and then you know what the, what's going on with the Cowboys. You're going to face probably the six toughest challenges. Of, 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 your, of the year, of right the year, here. and that's why I'm saying like, so let's say over these next six games they go two and four, and then they go on a real hot streak to end the season and they make the playoffs. Like, there's part of me that will still look and say, okay, great, they beat the Giants twice, the Redskins, the Dolphins. Like, but I know when I saw them against six really good opponents, how they did, and so I think like outside of just the record, and the record does matter clearly, but outside of just that, just seeing how they stack up with these teams is going to be very interesting. Yeah, and you should feel nervous, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Being nervous about this is what I live for. Like, this is the the greatest part about not only being an Eagles fan, but just a sports fan. If you're scared shitless and you're like, God, I don't know, I don't know, and they give you that euphoria and they're like, I I told you we got you. Like, it is an amazing feeling. And over the next, you know, six games that we're going to see here, that's why it's exciting and nerve wracking because. Crap, I hope we're all right about Carson and Doug and that yeah. none of this stuff is really going to affect them. And yeah, that hopefully Deshaun is back in this mix at some point, which I know there's a couple of questions about in our mail take bag, and we'll get into that in a little bit here too. But, you know, this is the time. And after looking at San Francisco, and boy, oh boy, do we need to have a conversation about Baker Mayfield moving yes. forward. But seeing what. And Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> you need to fire him immediately. Honestly, you should hire Jay Gruden, and that team would be fine. It's not a bad take. You know, like yeah. I, I that, that's what I would do right now if you wanted to go save your season because Freddie Kitchens has no feel for play calling at all. Uh, I knew that all. right away when yeah. last night the first, either the first or second play of the game was a, like some weird reverse with Odell throwing it. <laughs> yes. I'm like, A, you have no idea what you're good at as a team and B, you feel so desperate you need to call a yeah, trick player let, early on. Let, let's try this. And boy, oh boy, do the 49ers deserve a lot of respect? I know it's the Browns, but that defensive front is, is is so under talked about, and they won that game. Matt Breida, thank you for saving my fantasy life last night. All of that, and that's a very run heavy team. Kyle Shanahan, I think, is one of the best head he coaches is. in the league. He is. Yeah, I can't believe I doubted him in in, in the Falcons, you know, yeah, regime and coming Bowl. up through Washington right. and all that other stuff too. But he's he's one of the best NFL coaches in the league too. Um, so you might have to, you know. That's that's again all of this six weeks is really how I'm looking at prep work for how you face the 49ers in the playoffs and somehow because they have you know that that swagger back and they haven't done this since 1990 well, and you're kind of feeling the trend of them going up here too NFC is wide open that's what's going to make this great but so I, uh, I think I think the NFC is wide open I do think that they're it, it, although it's wide open I think like the Saints are pretty clearly the best team in the NFC yep. uh, to win without Teddy Bridgewater to win different ways the defense is really good and Drew also Brees, you mean, with, with Teddy Bridgewater yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah. Um, and I think that the fact that it looks like they're they're probably at this point going to get home field advantage a lot can happen but man like Going to New Orleans is super tough. So yes, yeah. if they get home field advantage, I would they'll be my pick to go to the Super Bowl. Um, but let me ask you this, uh, or I guess maybe we'll get into Deshaun in a little bit. Yeah. My one Deshaun question for you was: Is it concerning to you that losing Deshaun has had this much of an impact on the passing game? Oh, absolutely. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it is it is very concerning because you can't and that's more of the trend of what we've seen from I know I know you're really judging from 2018 until now, but that's been the biggest problem for this offense in general. You're relying on Mike Wallace, he's gone. Yep. You have to fill in with Josh Perkins for a couple of weeks and then figure it out after that. Then Nelly becomes your deep threat. Yep. And although he can kind of do it, he can't you can't rely on him to do it. That's why his targets and in his role completely changes yeah. in what you had during this season. And now you're relying on guys like you know, and that was I don't know. I mean, I guess we can always look back and like, man, why did you only keep five wide receivers? Why are you only having, you know, why why is JJ? I mean, like JJ has to be playing so awful in practice and leading up to this that you only get two snaps. And I think that's probably when Josh McCown was in and taking victory formation. I I would just like to say I got a lot of shit in the offseason because I said they should add a veteran wide receiver. I think they could use one now because you're relying on JJ, you're relying on Matt Collins, and Matt Collins has played better than I thought personally. Yeah. But if you're gonna like if and I think Doug is is that good as a head coach and but if if, if Doug's as good of a head coach as he is and Carson's as good of a quarterback as he is, as good as Deshaun is, like your offense I mean, like, dude, the Arizona Cardinals, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Buffalo Bills, these teams average more yards per game passing than the Eagles do. Like there's no excuse for that. Coming into the year, me yep. and you thought, and James as well, they'd be a top five offense. And I get that injuries have played a role, but man, like 21st is really startling about how good this team actually is at passing the ball. Yeah. And I know yards don't matter, and they've been really they good. Don't. They've been really good in the red zone, but like under 200 yards passing in back to back weeks. And I know one of the kind of thoughts was maybe he turned it off against the Jets because he knew they were going to win. And maybe there's some truth to that. But just the eye test to me says... I think that's silver lining stuff, man. Yeah, I do. So I do too. (laughs) Because we had that... I think there was a conversation about that against Atlanta in the playoffs. Like, oh, Doug just... You know, oh, there, well. was some, there was some conjured up thing about, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, no football team goes into like, we can take it lightly against these guys. I, I just, yeah. the eye test to me says Carson has not been as accurate as he is in the past. I don't, I know the drops and all that. Just, it just, when I watch him, it just, he seems like he misses four or five throws a game. And I was talking to Ike Reese about this and I think he made a good point that maybe Carson is like thinking too much about being a pocket guy and he's. I hate to say he can't win from the pocket because I think that's such like a loaded term. But I do think Carson is just at his best when he's rolling out, and yeah, it doesn't strength is doesn't that. have to be yeah. it doesn't have to be scrambling and like running all around. But Carson has yet to prove that he can just sit back there and get rid of the ball quickly. He just has, and so or he has not proven it. So I would just like to see Doug get a little more creative because um, you're going to need you know 28 plus points to win these next three games. Maybe against the Bills, not as much, but you're going to need 28 plus points to beat these next two teams. Yeah, and I understand in Carson's growth that like you want him to keep hitting those kind of pedestals year by year by year. But it's such a weird philosophy talking out of two sides when you go, well, the best coaches, just what can you do? What's your best strengths for me? And let's do that. Yeah. And I don't feel as though that they've done that for Carson yet. Well, like, you know, and there's a bunch of other different factors going in there. too. Large, large picture. What's this offense really good at? This offense is really good at, Regrouping. Let me just say that first. <laughs> that, yeah, we can say that. Um, they are emphatic when it comes to uh, the offensive line play. I think is one of their one of their best assets. I think the offensive you, line is a strength of the team. Yeah, uh, you can do that. You know, um, they can e- even teams you're not supposed to run against. You know, they they make it feel as though that you can, and that is a great thing moving forward 
for playoff contention, you're going to need to do that. So uh, drop think, your drop your Jordan Howard Miles Sanders take on me because it feels like a good time to do it. Uh, I I just don't understand the now just make just give it all to Jordan Howard for the same reasons I already said. Like it makes you predictable. Yep. It will ruin a dynamic in your offense right now where Miles Sanders is a very good pass catcher for Carson Wentz and a guy that he's starting to finally rely on. So now if you're just going to leave him out on the field, and by the way, Miles Sanders has been a maddening player when it comes to blocking. Like he is picked oh, up. Oh, interesting. I thought he's, I think he's done pretty well with that. I think No, he's that's, been... what, that's what I'm saying. Like he is ferocious Oh, okay, yeah, I thought blocking. you meant like No, 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 no. Okay. He's been outstanding in picking up blitzes and things like that. You need both of these guys on the field and I'm going to keep screaming it until it happens. Why aren't they? You know, like, why aren't both of these guys in a pony well, package wait. and shotgun, and why can't you fuck with the defense that way? If you want to make sure that you are throwing guys off balance at all times, they should both be on the field until yeah. Carson trusts one of the other I just think receivers. if it's not broken, don't try to fix yes. it. Yes. Like, I, like, and I think this is a good example of, like, narrative, just, like, overblowing a, a small reality. Like, I agree. When I look at Jordan Howard, he looks better than Miles Sanders. Agreed. He, yes, agreed. Because he's a better runner. He's an yes. absolute and a better decision maker when it yes. comes to hitting the hole. All those no things question. are true. Yeah. That being said, no reason to completely over. And I was disappointed that Doug said at the, said at the podium that he thinks he's going to go to more to Jordan Howard. And I and hope tempted that, on the morning show too. He doubled yeah. down on it. And I yeah. hope he. I hope he doesn't because I think that the way they're working it is fine. I mean. For as much as we all love to shit on Miles Sanders and all this, he's averaging more yards per touch than Jordan Howard is. And I get that yeah. a lot of those are bulk plays, but guess what? At the end of the day, he's still averaging more yards per touch. Yeah. So let's not act like Jordan Howard has severely outplayed Miles Sanders. He has a lot more touchdowns because they're giving it to him at like the one or two yards. In the right spots, and, too. And by I the agree way. with those yeah. decisions. But I think, and Miles Sanders has had a few plays called back for holding, and you could argue maybe he doesn't get those runs if there's not holds. But I, I agree he's not looked good as a runner. But I don't want him to switch up. I like how he's been doing it. I like how the touches have been distributed. So I do hope they continue to use them both. And how is Miles Sanders supposed to get better, too? Is my, like, this is going to be a weapon that hopefully, like, maybe these guys are just here for an eternity. That would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, like, Jordan Howard's a free agent at the end of the year. And yeah. I wouldn't rule out them signing him. Yeah. And uh, neither would I. I'm sorry. I think I just ruined one of the questions that well, was let's in get, there. But, I want to go to the mailbag. <laughs> uh, I just want to give a quick shout out again to the people over at Liquid Death. Uh, as, did you know this? I, I'm, I keep learning things about them. They're all from Philadelphia. Makes sense. Every I single mean, Philly part, is the best. So. Every single guy that is a, a part of Liquid Death is from Philly. Uh, they're fans of the podcast. They are some of the hardest workers that I've I've met, and they're they're just outstanding people. Like that's nice. That's what makes me feel a lot better about people that come Feels on board and are with a us. Product like absolutely, that. and got to tell you guys. <laughs> the, the best way to throw people off when you're simply just drinking water. It is the best way I can describe this is. If you've never been in a muscle car before, because I'm not a car guy at all. Neither am I. But I get it. Shocker. I I shave with my girlfriend's (laughs) razor. I'm not a car guy. (laughs) But I totally understand the feeling of car guys because, so my friend owned like a 66 Mustang Mm -hmm. and you never, I've never driven something like that. And you turn that thing on and go, whoa, it feels like you are 500 feet taller. You just feel powerful and I, I know it sounds silly, but carrying this can around makes me feel the same well, way. Well, I could see that because <laughs> I used to love drinking like iced teas that were in this big can. Yeah. And so I could also see like if you're out at the bar, you're like at a tailgate and you're yeah. like, I should probably have some water or you're not drinking. Like holding this is way better than holding a 
bottle of water. Yeah. Oh, without a and doubt. It and it's safer too, for the environment, All too. those things. Yeah. But just from a purely superficial standpoint, which is where most of my takes come from, <laughs> like just holding this at a tailgate would be way cooler. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing that you can get away with. Like, oh, come on, party with us, party with us. This is a way to like keep the party going exactly. and hydrate yourself and like not die. It's always a good Although way to do Although it's called liquid death. Yeah, well, because it murders your thirst. And like, again, oh, that's okay. <laughs> I just saw that. That's good. That's good. Liquiddeath.com. Sell your soul. If you want uh, to try this out on your own at no cost, simply sell your soul. If they've convinced you, then it's easy. I'll get you $2 off uh, each case you buy simply by going to liquiddeath.com slash go birds. Here is an interesting one. Uh, and it's from our good friend at three point attempt. Did Ben Simmons make a three? Has any player ever confronted confronted you about one of your takes? Me? Yes. Who? In general, uh, uh, to, to, one that I want to tell. <laughs> oh, okay, here's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> one that I want to tell. Well, I can't Ooh. decide if that's like crossing a line. But I'll, after dark, coming I'll, up. I'll share this story because I think this is a good one. So, uh, Mark Sanchez, um, when I was grading an OTA practice, yeah, and I gave him like a. I did rip him pretty hard in retrospect, like basically <laughs> saying like, this guy's no good. And what's funny is I became a Sanchez guy. But so I wrote an article that he was like really bad and I'm walking through the parking lot. Just, uh, what, what year was this? 15, 14? It must've been his, it was his first year here. Oh, 14. Okay, so yeah. um, I'm walking through the parking lot and he's like driving his car and he was actually super nice about it, but he like pulls over and he rolls down his window and in my head, I'm like, fuck, like, <laughs> this is going to suck. Like, and I didn't know him that well yet. Yeah. So um, he pulls, he pulls over and he's like, yo man, like you really ripped me in that article. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I didn't think you had a very good practice. And he was like, yeah, I was like sitting playing video games and people kept texting me like, man, sorry to hear you had such a rough day. And I'm like, I didn't think I was that bad. <laughs> and so then we like talked about it for a few minutes and that's probably my best story of players confronting me. But at least that I can tell. Oh, no, that's yeah. <laughs> at least that I can tell. I think that's a uh, that's good. I you know I think players it would be don't better. care too. Like no. that's I think people yeah. like Eagles fans care way more. Like yeah. players just realize that it's just part of part of what it is. Zach Ertz has corrected me a couple of times. I'll say that Zach's a good guy. But Zach's I, awesome. I, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Zach's Zach's makes just you know he just makes sure that the information's yeah, correct. He doesn't the care about the information is text. correct. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I could see that too because Zach went through like the whole, and I love Jimmy, but like Jimmy bringing up that he missed that oh, block. Oh, right, right, and, right. Yeah. Like I think that was very hard for him. Of course it yeah. would. It'd be, a, be on my brain too. And it would be hard too, I think, to be a player and have people talk about you. All. I mean, I guess people take shots at me on Twitter, but it's yeah. not near the degree. So I could see it's how it almost would be ex- tough. Yeah, it's almost expected a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of time, for, you know, for anything. But I, I do, I actually appreciate anybody that reaches out and like- yeah. If we're wrong about something, like I don't want to keep being wrong about it. I agree, hundred you know? uh, percent. Let us go to our good friend, uh, willing to go ham. Do you guys still believe in Miles Sanders? Yeah, as a long-term prospect, absolutely. Okay, I'm a little shaken. If 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 it's if you're talking about this year, man, like there's just a here's a theory. All right, and and again, it's Big Ten bias. I don't think Penn State's ever had a great offensive line ever. Mm-hmm. I think the way that they structured their offense is dog shit. And the way that they use their running backs, if you're not Saquon Barkley, has also been dog shit. Yep. Uh, I think the stutter step was a bad habit that he learned in college because you had to avoid a lot of these things. He is not making the, he is not either confident in himself or he's not reading you know, correctly, like, I've got to go hit this hole right now because it's open, and in that 
0.2 second of a delay in trying to figure that out, that's the result you see? I, I just think but he I'm was... But I'm trying yeah. not to talk myself So when I was that. watching Dalvin Cook against the Giants, and I watched a few Viking games this year, like, he pops. And so part of me was watching Dalvin, I'm like, God, he's, like, way better than Miles Sanders. And I was like, well, of course he is. He was, like, probably going to be a first-round pick, maybe second, you know, and he went early second. Miles Sanders was a second-round pick. Yeah. And we can, you know, use excuses and all that. He just doesn't, when you watch him, like... And this is something I would only say on the pod and I would not tweet. If you put Wendell Smallwood in the same role as Miles Sanders has been in, he would make every single one of the same plays. Like, Miles Sanders has not done anything to me where I'm like, whoa, like, that's Miles Sanders. So, and that's what I thought about him coming out of Penn State. But then I saw him at training camp and I was like, wow, he looks really good. And that shifted my opinion a little. Like, I even tweeted before the year, I think he could be NFC Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah. And that's not going to happen. But <laughs> but so I, I would be lying if I said like the eye test to me just. Yeah, eye test not does good. not look good right now. No, it doesn't. No, so. it, there's uh, there's something there's something that's going on where I, I just I think it's a confidence thing for some I, reason. Honestly, probably, I think it's he's not that special thing. Yeah, OK. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, I mean, I don't think he's I, I never thought he was special, special. Well, anyway. if you draft him in the second round, he has to be right. Well, that's that's <laughs> kind of an issue that's that's going there, too. And this is the other thing I thought when it comes to this and like our minds change all the time. Frequently, I get caught up in the same as stuff. all the smart minds do. Yeah. And there's there's a you know, I'm sitting here looking at these guys in training camp. And like, God damn, these might be the best three picks that Howie's ever had. Yeah. You know, and, and they, they could, they still could be. And it's not like a, I feel as though that, especially with Howie and Joe Douglas, their best assets was scouting vets because there wasn't really any issues of, it was almost seamless transitions with a lot of the guys that they brought on here. Now, yeah. granted, there's some misses in there too, but. Everything else has been pretty much. Well, they much won the Super Bowl because of how because well of that. they did with it, signing free agent guys like it, Patrick Robinson, it, right. Chris and, Long. And this draft was always a little weird to me after the first two days and, and what their process was because, like, normally, really good teams from whatever it is, fifth, sixth, seventh UDFA, they look at spark scores, they look at how athletic you are, and yep. they just ride your athleticism. That's how you end up with Matt Breida, you yeah. know? And. For some reason, they didn't do that this they, year, they seem when, to like especially production when they more. needed to. Right. Yes, that is very true. It's the same reason why Derek Barnett is there. It's mm-hmm. the same reason why you have a resume of Sidney Jones. And listen, you know he was—he's not 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 an athletic guy, you know. Right. Uh, but again, his production, and then you look at who's next to him in Kevin King, and he's having a phenomenal NFL career because he's a little more athletic because he's, he's got a yeah, little more bigger instincts. and all that and they right. liked him a lot i mean i thought yeah. they might have taken him 14 that's ended up being too high yeah but yeah i mean the I draft know. picks have not been great yeah yeah it's just been <laughs> they've been good they've been okay and they've been contributors all around which is better than missing completely yeah. you know like but again kind of like we say with mike grow like miles sanders is not the reason the offense is struggling correct. jj is like they're very far down so yes, I, I don't I, think it's reason to give up on them, but I would be lying if I said the Miles thing was <laughs> not a little concerning. Oh, and it came from our, our good friend Ross Miller. Do you think the Eagles should re-sign uh, Jordan Howard to bring him back next year to pair with Sanders again? Love you guys. Love the pod. Love you too, Ross. Thanks for tuning in, man. I mean, I would as of now. They yeah, seem I like they you... get along well when I see yeah. them in the locker room. They seem like they're friends. Like, so I, I, 
I mean, look, it depends what the money is and right. all that. But I, I would, yeah. Yeah. And I might even try to sign him now, honestly, and see if you yeah. can get him at like a- A decent price. Yeah, he seems like a good guy. It seems like he fits what they want to do well. I mean, Six you're going to million you're gonna have year. to replace him yeah. if he leaves. And I, and <laughs> based off Miles Sanders, it's going to be tough to do in the draft. Right. If, I mean, so I would I would resign him. Yeah. Uh, and somebody tweeted out again that 2017 list, and you just shake your head, and you're just like, God dang. Although know. the Nate Geary pick is starting to look a little better. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. it is. It is. And that's- That was 17. That's that's right? a big part of this, too. I think it's just keeping tabs as you go along because Isaac Sayomala at this point is a great success. You know, being able to start at left guard and just yeah. progressing, it's not that he's a dominant player. I guess it's a third-round pick, which is what he was, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's successful. Successful. Like, I don't know if I would say great third success. Razul Douglas, that's a successful pick right now. Yes, I would agree with that. You know, and, yeah. and so on and so on. And you're going to see a lot of these guys develop and – Rasul might be the best player in that draft yeah. class. And, and I know that people are are screaming like, oh, this is why you take uh, Paris Campbell, and this is why you take DK Metcalf and all that. But they're struggling too. I mean, it's not like they're, they're but their athleticism wins out, and that's when you see the flash. And for what it's worth, they're playing in better offenses. Yeah, like, like, right let's now. not act like yeah. before this season, we thought the Eagles' offense was going to be one of the best in the league. They're not. So, like, Miles Sanders and J.J. Arcega Whiteside are not being put in as good a position to succeed. Correct. Exactly. Uh, our good friend Jeff Schramm, who, by the way, uh, came to visit us at the Jetro lot. Uh, was uh, I think he was from Chicago, just driving oh. through and finally made it out to a game. <laughs> just Jeff, driving send us, through Philly. Send us the pictures, man. Let's go. He'll do it. <laughs> Assuming Cravion LeBlanc and Jalen Mills are back in you know two to four weeks, what does your cornerback look room uh, look like after the bye week? So let's just pretend for the to clarify his question a little more. Let's just say everybody's healthy. Yeah, I would start Rasul and Jalen on the outside, and it's tough between Maddox and LeBlanc for me, but I think I would go Maddox, but with a quick trigger. If he's not playing well, yeah, I think that's where I'm at too. Yeah, yeah. It's, I would find a way to get Craven on the field though, until he shows me he doesn't deserve it. I mean, I don't know what. Maybe put Maddox in the Sendejo role or something. But I would like to see those are their four best corners, in my opinion. I, uh, I a lot of people assumed that you know because Sendejo was still hanging around that they were, or I can't remember what the theory was, but somebody had mentioned. Maybe Avante Maddox is moving to oh because they traded Cyprian that's yeah, right yeah uh, so maybe that means that eventually Avante Maddox will go back to that safety role which Could I don't be. hate in yeah, big that time and then Cravion LeBlanc kind of fits in and again you have your best available corners on this team that are on the field and I don't hate that uh, either so uh, we'll keep your questions and takes coming if we didn't get to you uh, there is plenty to ask during our preview show as we'll have. Yep. A lot of angles on uh, what we think about this Vikings game upcoming, including, I mean, like, you know, I'm, I, I, I can't wait to make fun of Kirk Cousins. I, I cannot know. wait. And just week by week by week as, as this thing goes on, it's like, oh, they finally figured it out. They're throwing the ball in, in Minnesota. And, and the no, Giants are pretty bad on defense. Yeah, this is, this is, that's, that warms my heart so much because I see Vikings fans starting to get pumped up. And I'm friends with a lot of them because there's a lot of Iowa Vikings crossover oh, yeah. Twitter that goes in there. And there's a lot of good Vikings fans, despite the nature of being whiny crybaby midwesterners which they oh no that's still true i'm sorry yeah yeah <laughs> that being said the eagles it's a big test for the eagles corners. it is yeah it, we'll talk about it in the preview show but yeah. it's going to be tough um i'm worried about stefan diggs i'm not worried about adam thielen i'll just put that out there <laughs> okay i'm i'm worried about adam thielen adam thielen's <laughs> one of the be worried about both dude, but he's one of the top five in, top five or six receivers in the league in terms of game plan if if the vikings are not going to Diggs in this game they're stupid 
they are really dumb. Yeah, look, the Vikings have a lot of weapons. It's going to be a, a yeah. good test for Jim Schwartz. Also going to be a good test for the pass rush. I think Warren Sharp mentioned when we did Go Birds Radio that the Vikings' offensive line is extremely susceptible. Yes. And that's the great thing about and the th- next two games. Right, or, so two out of the three games. Let's here. see how good the pass rush really is. Yes, indeed, indeed. Uh, as always, follow us on the Twitter.com at Go Birds Pod. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, radio.com. Tune in. Pretty much everywhere, and uh, we appreciate all the support every single time. For L.H. Shore Parks, I'm John Barchard. Thanks again to our friends at Liquid Death, liquiddeath.com slash gobirds for $2 off your case and sell your soul for a free case of water. It's been episode number 120 right here, radio.com, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Go Birds!